Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. I've said that the three hardest words to say in a relationship are not, I love you. They're actually, I am sorry. Part of the reason why people have such difficulty making saying those words is because they think that if they do, it's an admission that they did something wrong. And this isn't always true. Sometimes it's just things didn't turn out the way that you wanted. I mean, you know, if somebody's had a car accident or, or you hear somebody has died, most of us will go, oh, I'm so sorry. But we didn't cause the accident. We didn't kill anybody. So, you know, we will say it in some instances and not in others. And, you know, some people even refuse to apologize when they have indeed done something wrong. Many years ago, a good friend of my husband's um, was in the area where we were living, and he had we were, he was staying with us, and my husband and I had gone out, and we had asked him to come with us, and he said no. He was tired. Well, my husband and I get home at 1 o'clock in the morning to find our apartment full of people, you know, beer cans stacked to the ceiling, and what really got to me was when I walked into my bathroom, which they had to walk through my very untidy bedroom to get to, was there was wine spilled all over my bathroom, and I lost it. And even though my friend acknowledged he you know, knew that he had done something wrong, he could not bring himself to apologize for it. So, you know, and, but an apology has such power to heal. But I don't think people realize that, nor, you know, I'm a little cynical, maybe they wouldn't want to apologize even if they knew what the power of it was. So we're going to dive a little bit further into this discussion today and try to get more clarity about why people have a hard time apologizing, why it's important for people to apologize, and how to apologize well. So if you're ready for that, guys, here we go. I'm joined by psychiatrist Dr. Scott Haltzman. He is the author of The Secrets of Surviving Infidelity, and I can tell you, if there's been infidelity, an apology really can get the ball going, right, Scott? Well, uh, uh, yes. And no. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Why are we starting with controversy right off the bat? Well, and the reason okay. I say yes and no is because it has to be the right kind of apology. So I've exactly. dealt with many couples where, you know, they're caught red-handed having an affair, and then the partner who has the affair says right off the bat, "I'm sorry." Mm-hmm. Now that I said I'm sorry, let's move on. It's right, like, now you're over it, you have to forgive me. What? You know, so uh, <laughs> it can get the ball rolling, but it can also stop a conversation cold if it happens before someone really understands what they're sorry for or before the person who 
who, who needs that apology is ready to accept it. So I understand okay. what you're saying. It's an important part of recovering from infidelity, but uh, it doesn't always get the ball rolling. It's, we're at a certain point in recovery from infidelity. Right. Uh, it can be absolutely critical and, and, and can be the huge stopping uh, point for a relationship. So, uh, yes, I mean, let's talk about apologies in general, and then when we absolutely. talk about infidelity, we can, we can move <laughs> in that direction as well. Right. Yeah, let's let's back up a little bit. So, what is it about an apology that is so difficult for many of us? Well, I th- I think it starts with the whole concept of trying to understand what 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 it is about human interaction that generates an apology or the need for apology. And it really comes from two people, uh, two people or two groups of people having a, a kind of sense of what the uh, of what the proper decorum should be or the proper behavior should be. Okay. Uh, and so in the example you gave, uh, you had you and your friend had two different interpretations of what the expectations were. Your expectation were you would go out, you'd come home at 1 o'clock in the morning, and your tired friend would be nestled up in bed and you'd start the day the next day spending time with them. That was your expectation. Right. His expectation is, oh, this is good, they're out of here and I can have some friends over. Exactly. <laughs> when these two expectations clash, then one or the other person is gravely disappointed that the other person didn't have the same expectation of an outcome that they did. So mm-hmm. uh, you give a very good example, but the, but the, but another example could be something as simple as, um, you know, if I'm walking down a hallway and uh, and I bump the shoulder of somebody, that person had the expectation that. That, that she should be able to walk the hallway without being bumped. Right. And so when my expectation was that I should be able to read my book and march straight ahead and not hit anybody. Well, now there's, we, we each have a different expectation. Um, and, and so I think that's where apologies begin, is, the, is, is understanding that what your actions are or what the outcome of your actions are, uh, are are in opposition to what that other person expected. And so the apology is a way of, of first of all, recognizing that, that, that what you expected of me or what I expected of you wasn't met. We, we didn't meet each other's expectations. And then it's an effort to, to bring that person uh, back into your world by acknowledging uh, what you've done. And, mm-hmm. and that allows you, as you pointed out before, to get the ball rolling, or as I would just say, it just allows you to move forward. But then doesn't, don't we run into that whole idea of why should I have to apologize for not meeting your expectations? Uh, well, uh, that's exactly <laughs> what you have to apologize for. Um, uh, well, you know, you don't necessarily have to apologize for not meeting someone's expectations. I think you kind of, you kind of were, were referring to this earlier. What you can apologize for is that that the the outcome of this interaction 
is, is not what the person wanted, and you're sorry about that. Okay. So, so uh, y- you know, because you don't want your uh, the, the person that you're having a relationship with to feel hurt. Um, you don't want that person to have any any bad feelings. Uh, you don't want bad blood between you. So an apology is a way of saying, yeah, the, the outcome is different than what I expected. And, you know, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry things didn't go as they expected. And I'm sorry that you were in a lot of pain as a result of it. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that you did something that someone else didn't expect, even though maybe in your mind it was fine. Well, yeah, and I think that's where people get caught up because, again, it's like it isn't necessarily that in the absolute value sense I did anything wrong. It was more that the outcome wasn't wasn't something that people feel good about. You know, and so I'm thinking about a lot of you know apologies right now are running through my head. You know, public apologies. You know, the you know mistakes were made. Kind of like you know somehow you know these these things happened without anybody's influence or or behavior you know, or actions. That somehow these things just kind of happen. Um, you know, or or the. Um, kind of the dismiss, kind of the dismissal apologies of, you know, I'm sorry your feelings were hurt, but you're right. too sensitive. I mean, you know, these kinds of things. Saying like, okay, wait a minute. So yeah, what I mean, the, the, just the, the general one of, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Right. Well, what, you're, what do you mean you're sorry I feel that way? Like, you're not really sorry for what you've done. You're not sorry for the outcome. You're sorry for my feelings, implying that I'm, you know, a thin-skinned knucklehead that, you know, that, that just can't get over things. So you're just apologizing for that. And that doesn't feel good to have that kind of apology. Right. And I always talk about, you know, um, clean apologies where, yes, there's always a almost always a reason for why we did what we did but in part of the apology you don't want that's that's an important piece but not at the time I'm apologizing I just I had to apologize because I messed up um, in a client session a couple of nights ago and you know and I ended I needed to apologize because Mm -hmm. I messed up and you know this person's feelings were perfectly legitimate and I didn't explain, you know, that I mean I was I was not I was really not feeling well that night, so I was not at my best, but that but that was irrelevant. It was like, okay, that's the reason why I screwed up, but that's not my responsibility for the outcome of it. I messed up and I needed to own that. Um so and even if you inadvertently mess up, you know, even if there are things you say that some that there's no way you could know could hurt somebody. Right. Uh then then uh, then I think still, once you realize that person is hurt, you can take ownership of that. Uh, you don't have to. I think most people, unfortunately, particularly when they're feeling uh, stressed about a relationship or a partnership, uh, they'll often believe that the other person hurt them out of ill will. Yeah. And that example you're giving uh, is one in which you, there was no desire on your part to hurt your client's feelings or to step over the line. You just did. Uh, and I guess in a professional relationship, it may be easier to someone sit back and say, okay, yeah, we all screw up. But sometimes in, in intimate relationships, that's harder to sell. 
It's like, no, you didn't, that just wasn't an accident. You did that on purpose. And that's often a difficult thing to try to negotiate. Well, and is there, is there some reason why we do that? Because I see that all the time. You know, I, I tell people, I know in my heart that my husband would never intentionally hurt me. That's not the kind of man he is. So if I'm hurt and it's coming from an action that he's made, then it's kind of like, there's something he doesn't know. He doesn't know this hurts me. So I need to, you know, I need to tell him. It's like, whoa, dude, <laughs> don't do that. Um, but, but what is it about marriage or intimate relationships that makes us want to feel like our partner's doing that on purpose? I have an answer. I'm not sure whether it's the right answer, but... You and I can hash it over, and then we can conclude for the rest of the world that it is correct. And that is that uh, because you spend so much time with this person, and because your assumption is that you're soulmates, that you mm -hmm. understand each other, that you can know what your partner thinks and needs because you've been with them so much, because you've committed to spend your life with them. Um, so, so the. the it's easier for me to assume that a stranger or a therapist uh, could screw up, but the mm -hmm. idea that my partner, who knows me so well, would do such a thing mm. feels like that's just not possible. It's not possible that could be a screw up because uh, you know that that would hurt me, so therefore you must have done that on purpose. So it's sort of along the lines of if you... If you loved me, you would just know. So the fact that you don't know means you don't really love me. And you're kind of like going, no, I'm just not a mind reader. But it's that same kind mm -hmm. of, I don't want to, I guess, magical thinking. I don't know what else to call it. Sure, um, sure. Right, and so if we, if we, if you love me, you would know what, you know, what I want for my birthday, and and if you love me, you would know the things that upset me, and it's not just out of love; it's also often out of just experience and knowing somebody for a long enough time. Because when we first meet somebody, um, you know, we can make all kinds of mistakes, mm -hmm. and uh, because we're still dating, we're still getting to know each other. Uh, you kind of tend to overlook those things. Oh, well, you know, he was late, but but it, he, he doesn't know how important it is for me to be on time. Right. So I'll just tell him and, you know, that's yada yada. But when you're married and, and then, you know, the, your, your husband shows up 10 minutes late for to take you to, uh, you know, a family reunion, and that's a much different story. Now he knows, and he's still done this. So, so there's no excuse. Got it. This is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking to psychiatrist and author Dr. Scott Haltzman about both the difficulty and the power of apologizing. And if you struggle with this either personally or with your partner, then I invite you to take a moment and shoot me an email or give me a phone call and take advantage of my free no-obligation consultation where we can really talk about how you might overcome the problems with apologizing and make it a better part of your marriage. You can reach me at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coachingnc.com. Or you can reach me at 919-924-0463.
so, and back to this discussion about apologies, because there is such power in an apology. And so, Scott, we've talked a little bit about why an apology should be given, when an apology should be offered, but what makes a good apology? The the, the principal factor driving apologies is the recognition of what it is that you're apologizing for. <laughs> oh, you mean I have to apologize for something specific? Um, you know, every once in a while. <laughs> and and so so you know it's interesting because so much of what you've spoken about over the over all the all of your you know presentations and and your you know radio interviews it has to do with communication uh-huh. and and that's why I, I began by saying an apology isn't oh doesn't always get things moving in a relationship because the communication is I think the first first part of apology and that is really understanding what it is that you're apologizing for. So if I'm late, to, let's just you know continue with the story about the husband is 10 minutes late for picking up his mm-hmm. wife. Oh, well, I'm sorry I'm late. Okay, but it's not the being late. It's, it, it's, it, what, what does being late mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think you have to understand that because for some people, uh, being late much, might, might be because you know the show starts exactly on time and now we're going to miss the first, uh, you know, the opening chorus. Mm-hmm. You know how they make you wait outside that stage for ten minutes while the opening the opening act happens, and then you have to mm-hmm. go in. That could be why I'm, you know, why she's upset about your being late, or it could be that it's, as I said, a family reunion, and you know, everybody's relying on her to bring something. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, so that you know, she, she's in charge of appetizers. Well, if I'm late for that, that doesn't help everybody. They're all waiting for the food. Mm-hmm. And, or it could be, and it, 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 particularly if this is a kind of a chronic issue, it could be that she views being late as part of, uh, being on time as part of her personality. This is the kind of person I am. I'm the kind of person that always shows up on time, if not five mm-hmm. minutes early. And that's how I couch myself. That's how I view myself. So you can see, once you understand what being late means to her you're going to do much a much better job of being able to apologize for what it is exactly you've done because you can't very well say well i'm sorry the traffic was heavier than i thought it would be Mm -hmm. that's not an apology well it is an apology of sorts but you're apologizing about the traffic um, the obvious answer is well, you could have looked. Leave at, early. You could have been there early. You could have left. Right. Early. You could have these days in 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 in, in the mid two two tens, twenty tens. You can go online and find out what the traffic is. There is really no mm-hmm. excuse unless the car happens to crash right in front of you. But the point is that your apology ought to be for what it is that your hurt your partner is hurting for. So I'm I'm sorry that I know it's important for you to be on time. I know your friends look up. To you. I know that it's an important part of who you are, and when I slow you down, uh, I'm interfering with your full expression of yourself and your full expression of your beautiful self, mm-hmm. and I don't want to do that. And so for that, I really am sorry. Okay, I've just forgiven you. Thank that you. That was great. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so, but you notice that there's not only the apology, but even before I, I mean, before I even express the apology, I, I, I recognize what the apology is for and mm-hmm. what the impact of my behaviors were. And I think that's the other part of the apology is, is the other part of the apology is acknowledging your connection with um, what that that person experienced. In other words, to say, as you kind of were saying earlier, uh, I'm sorry it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry I arrived. I'm sorry my car arrived late. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like. <laughs> were you driving the car? Let's start mm-hmm. with that. You know, so I need to take ownership. I'm sorry that I arrived late. So you need to take ownership of the events and say, yes, this is based on something I did. And then you need to recognize that what what you did had an impact on somebody else. And, and isn't that where a lot of people get off track? Is that you know taking that responsibility because I don't know maybe it puts me in a bad light or you know I actually have to own that I have responsibility in this. I mean I'm not quite sure where where is it that people get so off track in you know so that we have these non-apology apologies. Well, one is because people don't want to be wrong. I mean, I was reading a book. I can't remember the name of it now, but it was called, it was about the science of being right and the science of being wrong. It's fascinating. Mm. It made the statement, which is absolutely 100% obvious, but I'd never thought about before, which is no one ever says something at the time they're saying it knowing it's wrong. And everything we say and do, we believe is right until we're proven wrong. Hmm. So, um, so I think that that we don't we automatically assume that we're right about things, and it's a big leap to be in a position to actually have to step back and say you're wrong. So, one is I think we're programmed to believe that we're right. And there's uh-huh. lots of scientific studies that, that address this issue and, 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 you know, fascinating ones in which people will just shift their beliefs or lay blame in other directions, but often still hold on to beliefs that, that have just been proven wrong time after time after time. Yeah. So, so one is that we, that we tend to hold on to the idea of being wrong. The other is that we don't want to feel like the pain that another person is experiencing is our fault. So, so to apologize is, is acknowledging that you've caused another person pain. And it's much easier, although not as accurate and probably just wrong-hearted or wrong-minded, to blame the other person for having those feelings. Exactly. Yeah, that, that, it's something that drives me crazy. It's like, well, because I wouldn't be hurt by this. That's right. You shouldn't be hurt by this. Right. And I see that all the time. Yeah, of course, because because you're 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 trying to tell that person that their feelings are wrong and their emotions are wrong and I listen, I've I've done the same thing. I had to have many times when my wife would stop me in the middle of things and say, You can't tell me how to feel. Exactly, yeah. And and I'd say, Yeah, but what you're feeling is wrong. I can't <laughs> Because I don't want you to feel that way. Well, so, you know, 
But the thing is, it, it does go back to what we talked about earlier, which is my immediate kind of defensive response. And, you know, we all know that defensiveness is one mm-hmm. of, the, of the four, you know, the four men of the apocalypse, but four horsemen of the apocalypse. But um, and by that, I'm referring to research by John Gottman talking about things that will predict divorce. And one of those is mm-hmm. defensiveness. And, you know, the defensiveness uh, part of me wants to say, uh, well, I didn't try to hurt you. So let me explain why my intent wasn't to hurt you. Let me Mm -hmm. explain why I did what I did. And that's, I think, a a really good example of getting off track and not really addressing the person's pain so much as addressing why you did what you did. Right. And that's, you know, that's what I was talking about earlier. It's like I knew why I made the mistake that I made, but in my apology, I was very clear not to bring that up because, and I, and I call this a clean apology. I, that's just my own terminology for it, where the apology stands by itself. And yes, at a later date, we can talk about the reasons, but if they're, for me, if they're wrapped up with the apology, that it almost diminishes it's like, well, yes, I know I did bad, but let me explain why it was actually okay. Right, right. And are you thinking a specific example? Um, well, yeah, the one when I when I messed up with my client the other night, but but oh, but in any one. case, not, not when your friend came in and had a party. Oh no 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 that one no no that one he no <laughs> no but yeah no that one I wanted a, that one I wanted an apology. Right. I didn't get one, but I wanted one um, because I. I actually felt like my personal space had been violated. And he actually acknowledged to my husband later that he agreed he had violated our personal space, but he just, he just can't be wrong. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, think, I think he thinks the world would end if he ever actually apologized with meaning. Well, um, and, so the only thing that I can think of in that instance is to... I mean, let's just follow the, the, the logic of apology and really get your listeners riled up here. <laughs> okay. But to say, well, let's just call this man Jim. Okay. Uh, to say, Jim, uh, I recognize that uh, I was expecting an apology, and I know that uh, that was my need. But you had, you know, you, it was hard for you to apologize because of your own needs, and, and I understand that. So I'm sorry for putting that on you. I recognize that apologies have to come from the heart, and if they, for whatever reason, it's hard for you to do, I don't want to get that in the way of our friendship. Wow. <laughs> What a, what a mature response, and I'm like, Greg, okay, and, and definitely at that point in my life, I certainly couldn't have done it. I'm not sure I could do it now. Um, <laughs> because it still goes back to the different expectations. And your expectations. You're right. And, and by the way, you know, we, we, we'll be talking perhaps a little bit more about specifically marriage coming up, but by the way, that's not uncommon for men to have more difficulty saying, I'm sorry. And, and I write about this in The Secrets of Happily Married Men. Um, it's, it is much more difficult for men to say, I'm sorry, than it is for women. And so it's not unusual for there to be this type of dynamic uh, and for things really to get stopped up because of a individual's limitations. Mm-hmm. And so the person that's demanding that apology needs to take a look at that and say, well, what, what are my expectations really consistent with what this person can do? at this point mm-hmm. in their life. 
uh, particularly men, uh, particularly ones that want to be right, or just that don't know how to apologize, at least using words. So that is, that is something to keep in mind, that you are often going to be in a relationship with someone that's like Jim, and you mm-hmm. can either be frustrated time and time again, and of course, yours is a selective relationship because it's a friendship, mm-hmm. um, but you could be in an emotional relationship, and you just have to ask yourself, um, all right, this is something that Jim's not good at. Jim's great at a ton of other things, man. He can fix the front steps, and he can, uh, and he's funny with a joke, and he's got uh, a great cabin in, in uh, you know, in, in uh, the, the, the Catskills. So, uh, you know, I like Jim, but he's just not right. good at this. Well, and I think that that you know, and that plays a huge role, and and I really appreciate that take because I have to be honest. I've come to that over the years. I, mean, I remember reading something, and I can't remember, um, you know, one of the relationship, multiple relationship books I read, and it was a discussion about, you know, the way that a couple reconnected after having a fight, and she wanted him to actually come to her and talk to her, but his way of apologizing was coming up and putting his hands on her, on her shoulders and kissing her on the neck. And I'm like, no, she needs to hear the words. <laughs> no, actually, if she recognizes that that's his you know, repair overture, then that's all that matters. Right, if she's open to that, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Because and, uh, because he isn't wasn't capable or, you know, it was very difficult for him to actually say the words, but he could show her that. And and for other men, uh, you know, the example I give in, in in my I'm not sure which book it is, I think it may be The Secrets of Happily Married Women, is uh, you know, you may be in an argument or a fight and feel your have your feelings really hurt and the next thing you know you hear your husband emptying the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that rather than physical touch, that's just an act of uh, of service. It's his way of saying, I'm sorry, or he may bring you a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, as you pointed out earlier, all you're wanting him to say is, I'm sorry, how hard is that? Right. But maybe it is hard. And uh, that may not, you know, why, why stop the relationship cold? Because those words can't come out. Well, and, you know, and I think this is really an, an important way to talk about multiple ways of apologizing and but I do really think you made a great point about being very specific about what the apology is for because there's an aspect of being heard that okay you get it you understand why I'm upset you might not be upset in the same circumstances but you understand why it's important to me and I think that that increases the level of intimacy because okay you're paying attention you're willing to you see that I experience the world differently than you do. Yeah, that's right. And that's exactly what the other person wants. If there's one thing that I've learned in my years of, of educating couples and treating couples is that your partner, when he or she is lodging a complaint mm-hmm. or, or asking for an apology, isn't looking for your explanation. Uh, they're not looking for a reason why you did what you did. They're looking for, to, to feel heard. They mm-hmm. may say, why'd you do what you did? But that's not the right. real question. The uh-uh. question is, do you know that I'm feeling hurt right now and I'm associating it with the behaviors you've done? And right. what they want is for you to say, 
tell me the ways that you feel hurt. I want to understand this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to hear, well, that's because of X, Y, or Z. Uh, but I'm telling you, my instincts are always to go to, to the explanation. And I mean, as a, as a, as a human, that's mm-hmm. my instincts. And I have to stop myself. And I have to say, no, wait, uh, Susan's not asking me for an explanation. She's asking for me to tell her I understand what she's going through. And as much as I, you know, I, I want to explain why it is that what happened happened, I have to stop first and make sure that I understand the ways that she feels hurt. Right, and and I think that's why I say, you know, the explanation can come later when, but once... But with the apology, then the hurt can subside so that there can be that discussion about the explanation um, and it can be and it can actually be heard and accepted where if somebody's flooded with hurt, you can give twenty million explanations, and not a single one of them is going to get through. Yeah, and, I, and, I'll t- and I will tell your listeners, too, that you don't even necessarily ever have to give the explanation. You right. may in your mind tell yourself, uh, you know, when this settles down, I'm going to explain. But then later on, you realize, I don't have to. And then you, you would, often, you know, later on, you'll find your partner comes back to you and goes, you know, remember that argument? What, what was that all about? Um, but you have to be careful. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it may just be an invitation for another apology and not an invitation for an you know, for for an exactly. explanation. But eventually you may explain it, but it doesn't even have to be anywhere near the top of your list. Okay, so Scott, tell people where they can get a hold of your wonderful books and uh, well, find out yeah, how to work with you. For, you. Of course, you can go to your local bookstore, such a thing as is around. Um, <laughs> m- m- most of my books were published, all of them were published within the last 10 years. The last one came out about three years ago. So they sometimes bookstores won't have them. Uh, my recommendation actually is either go to my site, which is drscott.com, and d r s c o t t dot com, mm-hmm. or just go to Amazon. Look for Scott Holtzman. You'll find, you know, you find the books I've written, or or uh, or books that I've written chapters in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, the book we're talking about today is the secrets of surviving infidelity. Uh, but as we've as we've spoken about, there a lot of this applies in my secrets of happily married men book, or or my secrets of happily married women book. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're they're. Uh, you know they're they're all available online uh, either as uh, written books or uh, ebooks or um, a lot of them are audio books as well. Well, as you guys have heard, you know there are a lot of circumstances when a sincere apology can make all the difference. And sometimes, as we've said, you don't even have, there's no explanation. It's just wanting to be heard because you know how wonderful it is when you feel heard. And so the question is, can we extend that to the people that we care about? Um, It takes maturity to offer a sincere and what I call a clean apology, but your relationship will be stronger if you're able to do that. So keep listening, and until next time, stay loving. 